Chapter Twenty Six of the Black Tulip by Alexandre Dumas. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Twenty Six A Member of the Horticultural Society. Rosa, beyond herself, and nearly mad with joy and fear at the idea of the black tulip being found again, started for the white swan, followed by the boatman, a stout lad from Frisia, who was strong enough to knock down a dozen boxtels single-handed. He had been made acquainted, in the course of the journey, with the state of affairs, and was not afraid of any encounter. Only he had orders, in such a case, to spare the tulip. But on arriving in the great market-place, Rosa at once stopped. A sudden thought had struck her. Just as Homer's Minerva seizes Achilles by the hair, at the moment when he is about to be carried away by his anger, "'Good heaven!' she muttered to herself. "'I have made a grievous blunder. "'It may be that I have ruined Cornelius, the tulip, and myself. "'I have given the alarm, and perhaps awakened suspicion. "'I am but a woman. "'These men may league themselves against me, and then I shall be lost. "'If I am lost, that matters nothing. "'But Cornelius and the tulip!' "'She reflected for a moment. "'If I go to that boxtel, and do not know him. If that Boxtel is not my Jacob, but another fancier who has also discovered the black tulip, or if my tulip has been stolen by someone else, or has already passed into the hands of a third person, if I do not recognize the man, only the tulip, how shall I prove that it belongs to me? On the other hand, if I recognize this Boxtel as Jacob, who knows what will come out of it? Whilst we are contesting with each other, the tulip will die. In the meanwhile, a great noise was heard, like the distant roar of the sea, at the other extremity of the marketplace. People were running about, doors opening and shutting. Rosa alone was unconscious of all this hubbub among the multitude. We must return to the president, she muttered. Well, then, let us return, said the boatman. They took a small street which led them straight to the mansion of Mynheer van Sistens, who, with his best pen in his finest hand, continued to draw up his report. Everywhere on her way, Rosa heard people speaking only of the black tulip, and the prize of a hundred thousand guilders. The news had spread like wildfire through the town. Rosa had not a little difficulty in penetrating a second time into the office of Mynheer van Sistens, who, however, was again moved by the magic name of the black tulip. But when he recognized Rosa, whom, in his own mind, he had set down as mad, or even worse, he grew angry and wanted to send her away. Rosa, however, clasped her hands, and said, with that tone of honest truth, which generally finds its way to the hearts of men, For heaven's sake, sir, do not turn me away. Listen to what I have to tell you and if it be not possible for you to do me justice, at least you will not one day have to reproach yourself before God for having made yourself the accomplice of a bad action. Von Sistens stamped his foot with impatience. It was the second time that Rosa interrupted him, in the midst of a composition which stimulated his vanity, both as burgomaster and as president of the Horticultural Society. But my report, he cried, my report on the black tulip. Mynheer von Sistens, Rosa continued, with the firmness of innocence and truth, 
your report on the black tulip will if you don't hear me be based on crime or on falsehood i implore you sir let this master boxtel whom i assert to be master jacob be brought here before you and me and i swear that i will leave him in undisturbed possession of the tulip if i do not recognize the flower and its holder well i declare here is a proposal said van Systens. what do you mean i ask you what can be proved by your recognizing them after all said rosa in her despair you are an honest man sir how would you feel if one day you found out that you had given the prize to a man for something which he not only had not produced but which he had even stolen rosa's speech seemed to have brought a certain conviction into the heart of von Systens, and he was going to answer her in a gentler tone when at once a great noise was heard in the street and loud cheers shook the house what is this cried the burgomaster what is this is it possible have i heard aright and he rushed toward his anteroom without any longer heeding rosa whom he left in his cabinet scarcely had he reached his anteroom when he cried out aloud on seeing his staircase invaded up to the very landing-place by the multitude which was accompanying or rather following a young man simply clad in a violet-coloured velvet embroidered with silver who with a certain aristocratic slowness ascended the white stone steps of the house in his wake followed two officers one of the navy and the other of the cavalry von Systens, having found his way through the frightened domestics began to bow almost to prostrate himself before his visitor who had been the cause of all this stir monseigneur he called out monseigneur what distinguished honour is your highness bestowing for ever on my humble house by your visit mynheer van Systens, said william of orange with a serenity which with him took the place of a smile i am a true hollander i am fond of the water of beer and of flowers sometimes even of that cheese the flavour of which seems so grateful to the french the flower which i prefer to all others is of course the tulip i heard at leyden that the city of harlem at last possessed the black tulip and after having satisfied myself of the truth of the news which seems so incredible i have come to know all about it from the president of the horticultural society oh monseigneur monseigneur said van Systens, what glory to the society if its endeavours are pleasing to your highness have you got the flower here said the prince who very likely already regretted having made such a long speech i am sorry to say we have not and where is it with its owner who is he an honest tulip grower of dort his name boxtel his quarters at the white swan i shall send for him and if in the meanwhile your highness will do me the honour of stepping into my drawing-room he will be sure knowing that your highness is here to lose no time in bringing his tulip very well send for him yes your highness but what is it oh nothing of any consequence monseigneur everything is of consequence mynheer van Systens. well then monseigneur it must be said a little difficulty has presented itself what difficulty this tulip has already been claimed by usurpers it's true that it is worth a hundred thousand guilders indeed yes monseigneur by usurpers by forgers this is a crime mynheer van Systens. so it is your highness 
"'And have you any proofs of their guilt?' "'No, Monseigneur, the guilty woman.' "'The guilty woman, sir?' "'I ought to say, the woman who claims the tulip, Monseigneur, "'is here in the room close by. "'And what do you think of her?' "'I think, Monseigneur, that the bait of a hundred thousand guilders "'may have tempted her. "'And so she claims the tulip?' "'Yes, Monseigneur. "'And what proof does she offer?' I was just going to question her when your highness came in. Question her, mynheer von Sistens, question her. I am the first magistrate of the country. I will hear the case and administer justice. I have found my king Solomon, said von Sistens, bowing and showing the way to the prince. His highness was just going to walk ahead, but, suddenly recollecting himself, he said, Go before me, and call me plain mynheer. The two then entered the cabinet. Rosa was still standing at the same place, leaning on the window, and looking through the panes into the garden. "'Ah, a Frisian girl,' said the prince, as he observed Rosa's gold-brocade headdress and red petticoat. At the noise of their footsteps she turned round, but scarcely saw the prince, who seated himself in the darkest corner of the apartment. All her attention, as may easily be imagined, was fixed on that important person who was called Fonsistence so that she had no time to notice the humble stranger who was following the master of the house, and who, for aught she knew, might be somebody or nobody. The humble stranger took a book down from the shelf, and made von Sistens a sign to commence the examination forthwith. Von Sistens, likewise, at the invitation of the young man in the violet coat, sat down in his turn, and, quite happy and proud of the importance thus cast upon him, began— my child, you promise to tell me the truth, and the entire truth concerning this tulip? I promise. Well, then, speak before this gentleman. This gentleman is one of the members of the Horticultural Society. What am I to tell you, sir, said Rosa, besides that which I have told you already? Well, then, what is it? I repeat the question I have addressed to you before. Which? That you will order Mynheer Baxtel to come here with his tulip. If I do not recognize it as mine, I will frankly tell it. But if I do recognize it, I will claim it, even if I go before His Highness the Stadtholder himself, with my proof in my hands. Then you have some proofs, my child. God, who knows my good right, will assist me to some. Von Sistens exchanged a look with the prince, who, since the first words of Rosa, seemed to try to remember her as if it were not the first time that this sweet voice rang in his ears. An officer went to fetch Boxtel, and von Sistens, in the meanwhile, continued his examination. And with what do you support your assertion that you are the real owner of the black tulip? With the very simple fact of my having planted and grown it in my own chamber. In your chamber? Where was your chamber? At Lovestein. You are from Lovestein? I am the daughter of the jailer of the fortress. The prince made a little movement, as much as to say, Well, that's it, I remember now. And, all the while feigning to be engaged with his book, he watched Rosa with even more attention than he had before. And you are fond of flowers? continued Mynheer von Sistens. Yes, sir. Then, you are an experienced florist, I dare say? Rosa hesitated a moment, then, with a tone which came from the depth of her heart, she said, Gentlemen, I am speaking to men of honor. There was such an expression of truth in the tone of her voice that von Sistens and the prince answered simultaneously 
by an affirmative movement of their heads. Well, then, I am not an experienced florist. I am only a poor girl, one of the people, who, three months ago, knew neither how to read nor to write. No, the black tulip has not been found by myself. But by whom else? By a poor prisoner of Lovestein. By a prisoner of Lovestein? repeated the prince. The tone of his voice startled Rosa, who was sure she had heard it before. By a prisoner of state, then, continued the prince, as there are none else there. Having said this, he began to read again, at least in appearance. Yes, said Rosa, with a faltering voice. Yes, by a prisoner of state. Von Sistens trembled as he heard such a confession made in the presence of such a witness. Continue said William dryly to the president of the Horticultural Society. "'Ah, sir,' said Rosa, addressing the person whom she thought to be her real judge, "'I am going to incriminate myself very seriously.' "'Certainly,' said von Sistens. "'The prisoner of state ought to be kept in close confinement at Lovestein. "'Alas, sir, and from what you tell me, "'you took advantage of your position as daughter of the jailer "'to communicate with a prisoner of state.' about the cultivation of flowers. So it is, sir, Rosa murmured in dismay. Yes, I am bound to confess. I saw him every day. Unfortunate girl, exclaimed von Sistens. The prince, observing the fright of Rosa and the pallor of the president, raised his head, and said, in his clear and decided tone, This cannot signify anything to the members of the Horticultural Society. They have to judge on the black tulip and have no cognizance to take of political offences. Go on, young woman, go on. Von Sistens, by means of an eloquent glance, offered in the name of the tulip his thanks to the new member of the Horticultural Society. Rosa, reassured by this sort of encouragement which the stranger was giving to her, related all that had happened for the last three months, all that she had done, all that she had suffered. She described the cruelty of Caiaphas, the destruction of the first bulb, the grief of the prisoner, the precautions taken to ensure the success of the second bulb, the patience of the prisoner, and his anxiety during their separation, how he was about to starve himself because he no longer had any news of his tulip, his joy when she went to see him again, and lastly, their despair when they found that the tulip, which had come into flower, was stolen just one hour after it had opened. All this was detailed with an accent of truth which, although producing no change in the impassable mien of the prince, did not fail to take an effect on Fonsistence. But, said the prince, it cannot be long since you knew the prisoner. Rosa opened her large dark eyes and looked at the stranger, who drew back into the dark corner, as if he wished to escape her observation. Why, sir? she asked him. Because it is not yet four months since the jailer Gryphus and his daughter were removed to Lovestein. That is true, sir. Otherwise you must have solicited the transfer of your father, in order to be able to follow the prisoner, who may have been transported from the Hague to Lovestein. Sir, said Rosa, blushing. Finish what you have to say, said William. I confess I knew the prisoner at the Hague. Happy prisoner, said William, smiling. At this moment the officer, who had been sent for Boxtel, returned, and announced to the prince that the person whom he had been sent to fetch was following on his heels with his tulip.
End of chapter 26